0: cool to see because when you see them celebrate like that, you, you can kind of tell that they they have joy for one another, right? They appreciate one another. And when you appreciate your teammate and you like them, a lot of times you'll, you'll do more for them, right? I mean, it's... This is the Splitting Hairs podcast brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Um, but Graham Spaulding and Isaiah Stahlberg uh, kind of caused some chaos there on, on kickoff, uh, and, and they were able to dislodge the ball and kind of get some, some good momentum going in the right direction.
1: Uh, we cannot afford to lose him to injury. Put him in bubble wrap, let him snap the
0: ball uh, on field goals and punts. The big dog is the big dog until you become the dog. And right now we're a maturing puppy. We got a lot of youth. We got some good pieces for upperclassmen, but let's prove it before we start feeling ourselves. Cause we, we saw what happened this past week when a team starts feeling themselves a little bit too much.
1: Matt, you're a little too positive, a little too pie in the sky, take off the blue and yellow glasses, all that stuff.
2: Now here are your hosts, Matt Tollefson and Kyle Sheehan.
1: Ready to go, Matt. All right, welcome back to the Splitting Hairs podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Uh, Dallas, Kyle, and Matt coming at you tonight. Uh, Looking to recap the victory over SIU and uh, preview the Illinois State... (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> nope, we're not previewing Illinois State. Uh, uh, you guys, you guys too see too that
0: doing. that shade. That shade is just, just covering mm-hmm. us right now. Too oh, mm-hmm. soon. I'm still hurting from that.
1: Yeah. Hey guys, how how are you? You guys saw each other this weekend.
0: How's it going? Go ahead, Kyle. It's it's good, man. Uh other than the sunburn, I can't I don't know if you can tell, but got a little <laughs> I'm still wear, I'm wearing a nasal strip, actually. Uh, my scalp is sunburned. Uh, Dallas, how you feeling, man? We were both getting it from the left, <laughs> from the left side.
2: Le- left side, I got. So my son wore a mask the whole time because he said he wanted to make sure he stayed in school. Uh, so he's got the, the the sunburn across here. I had my I had the gator around my neck, so I've got a white line right around my <laughs> neck. Uh, great to get some sun, get out of the snow. Oh, Yeah, man, what a what a fun weekend! Holy cow!
0: It was so exciting too. You know, not al- not only to win but just a beautiful day, like really, really nice people. It was great to get back to some semblance of normalcy with seeing, uh, uh, you know, crowd gatherings. I'm sure, you know, you guys, uh, I know Matt, you've been up in Brookings and gotten a chance to experience that. But for me, that was really the first thing, you know, uh, Texas uh, had some sporting events last year, kind of opted out of that because I'm in medical. Um, so I wanted to be smart and do what I could to kind of protect myself and others. But outside of all that, um, man, it was. Uh, I lost my voice a little bit too. I don't know if you can tell through the mic. But, uh, <laughs>
2: I was witness to that. Yes, you did.
1: Yeah, we saw the Jackrabbit uh, Former Players Association flag flying, and that was pretty cool. I love How
2: was it. that one? How was that guy
1: right oh, yeah. there? Yep. Yeah, it was excellent. Yeah. So it looked. I mean, and and on the broadcast and stuff. Um, I don't know. You guys probably saw, but. The, uh, the sounds and the announcers were in to- yeah. two totally different spots. Um, and so it made it really hard to get much crowd noise. There were certain times uh, that they would turn on the crowd noise and you really got to feel it then, but uh, usually wasn't for SDSU crowd noise. So I missed you <laughs> Kyle, um, you know, screaming and yelling, but.
0: <laughs> I kept it, I kept it PG. I just kept saying, uh, you know, sometimes when you go fishing it doesn't turn out the way that you expect. yeah Yeah. we had to the few siu
2: fans around us didn't get that that had to be explained they they figured it out real
0: quick they didn't do their homework you
1: know the jacks do their homework so yep yeah i i was honestly kind of shocked by how many of our fans also um didn't pick up on that i mean we had talked about that a little bit like maybe not on the podcast but i'll tell uh, you who knew
0: twitter those players knew (laughs) Oh, they they did You don't get anything past the players, man. Never, never. Yeah. They hear the trip. You know how it is. Dallas, you know, Matt, you know, players will look for any edge that they can get and they will capitalize on that. So mm-hmm. note that, put it in the back of your mind and uh, you know, don't forget. There's yeah. a lot of casting going on after every play. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful, too. (laughs) Logan had an excellent one. He cast all the way from the other side of the field on that little pick. Yeah. And uh, in Tolu, it was kind of funny. uh, Stacker was giving him a hard time on the gram. He was like horrible, horrible reeling form. But (laughs) 7 out of 10 on the celebration. So you got to go. You got to enjoy that, man. Football is a hard game. You guys know Mm -hmm. when you grind and grind and grind, especially with the constraints this year, everybody's Mm -hmm. selling out to make the sacrifices so that we can just play. Um, it's excellent to see them have fun, right? Because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you got to have fun. That's one thing that's really stood out to me this
1: year is after turnovers, sacks, game-changing plays. Uh, I mean, just the excitement on the sidelines. And maybe maybe that's always been there. Maybe we can just hear it more clearly this year without all the rest of the noise in the stadium. Um, but, man, like they they do seem to really be Uh, joyous for each other and having a ton of fun um, playing. So I think that's been pretty cool to see.
0: Yes. Stig had mentioned uh, on his weekly radio show today with Tyler that, uh, you know, the guys really, the seniors kind of took the lead on this one, had a nice clean pep talk uh, instead of, you know, uh, under normal circumstances, they would have done a little bit differently. I think because of the travel uh, implications Mm -hmm. of having to stay so far away from from the stadium itself so he he said they kind of rallied the troops they were very clear on their mission they narrowed their focus and it was cool to see because when you see them celebrate like that you you can kind of tell that they they have joy for one another right they appreciate one another and when you appreciate your teammate and you like them a lot of times you'll you'll do more for them right i mean it's, it's no secret on that so that was exciting to see man yeah so let's get into these rants and raves
1: here so uh, the first one, you know, I'm I'm a positive guy, right? That's what people kind of, you know, Matt, you're a little too positive, a little too pie in the sky, take off the blue and yellow glasses, all that stuff. Uh, so the, I'm going to get my rant out of the way. Um, John Grutzmacher. Uh, folks, coaches, if, if, you're, if anyone's listening to this that can help make this decision, John Grutzmacher is now a long snapper. He is no longer a guard or an offensive tackle until one of our long snappers comes back. He, You know, he's a huge man. He's, uh, you know, we'd love to have him at tackle. He's 6'8", 320 plus pounds. Um, nice player. he been a good utility player for us. But he is now the long snapper. Uh, we cannot afford to lose him to injury. Put him in bubble wrap. Let him snap the ball uh, on field goals and punts. Thank you.
0: Uh, end of that rant. So. Yeah, yeah you know, Dallas and I echoed that. I think Dallas uh, called it out, you know, in real time, like, oh, we got him. We got him out there taking some live reps. We got, and I, I agree. I mean, we were, you know, we weren't highly critical, but we we're kind of just scratching our heads on that one because um, I'm, I'm positive too, right? Like I always try to give, uh, give credit where I, I may not know all the facts, right? I may not know all the information, but that's pretty cut and dry. Like you're down to number four or number four. I think he's number four. It's, so it's like, that will eliminate a complete phase of your game if you lose them. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> um, you're gonna try to, you know, have a makeshift snapper in there, but especially having him on punt, you gotta have him on punt. So I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a solid rant. I, I second that. I'm sure Dallas thirds that. So yeah, no
2: no arguments. When when you, I mean, they just had to have tryouts midseason. Like I, that that is a. Stig talks about a special situations. That is a special yeah. situation. You need <laughs> you need to behave differently in decision making if you get put in that spot, especially when you you've got a top top five, top four, top three team. Like, nope, we got to have that phase. Yeah. So
1: let's turn it more positive now. Uh, let's get into some Please? raves now. Now that we got that one out of the way. So
0: Kyle, um, what's something that caught your eye uh, in terms of a rave? I, I, I definitely want to get into raves. Can I throw one rant in there too? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's it's really like it's really not football related, but it is football oh. related. Okay. Let's talk about the economics of things here. So Dallas and I are at the stadium. And at the game, you know, my my girlfriend accompanied me. We're like, hey, I don't, I don't think they have liquor sales at stadiums. Most in the country don't. Maybe I think she was just kind of guesstimating that, because um, probably most overall don't. But Southern Illinois sold uh, beer at the stadium, and in a economically ex- constrained era, we really <laughs> got to look for ways to you know drive revenue and, and do it in a responsible way obviously but everyone there was getting along no one was too rowdy no one people were consuming adult beverages responsibly and you gotta kind of put that onus on the the people there and I would say if you're you know I, I highly doubt student government would be watching this Uh, podcast, but if they ever stumble across one of these recordings, mobilize the student body, put the pressure on the administration. Matt, you were in student government. You know all about this, right? Mm -hmm. The way you do that is you mobilize the student body. They pay the tuition. They write the checks of the administration essentially, right? So put the onus on the administration to allow you guys to put your tuition dollars to things that are going to create a better student experience. They're going to make it more engaging when you attend Dana J. Dykow Stadium. That are going to put those dollars back into your experience, right? So we just got to kind of stop being so tight, so tightly wound, um, and just take that next step. And then you can monetize the Hobo Day Brew or you get creative with marketing. That's my one rant coming from a sales oh. and marketing guy. So,
1: Kyle, students do listen to this. Yes. Uh, I forgot to tell you guys, I've been invited on to the student podcast tomorrow. What? The KS- oh. Yeah, the KSDJ sports Let's show tomorrow go. night at 8. So, oh, that's yeah,
2: awesome. So perfect nice. timing. Hey. Sweet. There you yeah, go. Yeah, that's Organic. a big one. That was, good. that was a good call, Kyle. That v- Very pleasant surprise. I wasn't ready for that. You and I may have met up at about 9.30 in the morning to get a head start because <laughs> we didn't think that we would have the opportunity when we were there, right. but we did, and it was nice, and yeah, we, we got to get that done.
0: Yeah, and I didn't even say one bad word. I didn't. I, I could have used the holy nutmeg. I kept it in the back pocket. Didn't need it. <laughs> but no, it's excellent, man. It really was. And like in a state where South Dakota is is quite of the opinion that everyone should be able to make their own decisions and and uh, maximize freedom, if you will. I think that would be a great opportunity for that to mirror the state legislative uh, you know approach to things.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool, Matt. I've got when whenever the opportunity comes up. I've got a rave. I, I didn't know when to, I haven't mentioned. Oh, let's kick other. us off. Yeah, kick us now? off with the raves. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's set the stage here. We're going to fast forward all the way to the end of the game. It's done. Their SIU fans have been gone for about 35 minutes. There's <laughs> nobody left. It's us and parents. We're in the front row, right? Players get together at, you know, at, at midfield. They're talking. SIU's long gone. They sprinted off the field. Nobody's there. There's it's all parents, all blue along the, the sideline. Jabore Gibbs, who had just gotten hurt in the fourth quarter on crutches, he's the first one exiting the field. We're next to, I assume, Mark Granowski's dad. And I hear, Hey, Mark, hey, Mark, hey, Mark. He's yelling at him. And Mark turns around, and waves him off. Mark Granowski walks Jabore, kitty corner one corner of the field all the way to the other to exit doesn't turn around and look at his dad until he gets Jabori off the field. That was the, like you talk about class leadership. uh, That was a hell of a moment. And it, I, I, it spoke volumes. It was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And that seems to match, you know, the character and the stories that we continue to hear about Mark Uh, dating back all the way to high school. um, You know, he was the, the Naperville male athlete of the year you know, that huge suburb of, of Chicago. And part of that goes back to character as well, not just performance on the courts and on the field. Uh, yep. And so I think everything we've heard about him, uh, that story just matches up pretty perfectly. So uh, thanks for sharing that Dallas. That's cool.
0: Yeah, it, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. And I, I had a coach in high school who used to always say, you know, character is what you do when no one's watching. I didn't see that. I, gar- I mean, Dallas might've been one of a handful of people who saw that. So he wasn't doing it for glory. He wasn't doing it for nope. notoriety. He wasn't doing it for anything other than that's what you should do. And if you buy in like that early as a young athlete, your ceiling just skyrockets, right? Because you have to be a leader every day, every minute, every moment. Now you're going to take your lumps here and there. But that kid is uh, – he's different. He's wired different. So, uh, and, and you hear his own teammates saying that. And, you know, shout out to Jabori's. Entire family, friends, Alice, they were they were engaged from start to finish, even when Jabori wasn't playing. And I thought that support was unbelievable. Even one of his uh his family members, friends, I'm not sure who it was, he had blue and white Jordans on that were really cool. And I was like, Man, those are fresh. <laughs> uh, because you know you knew who he was supporting. Uh yeah. you know, there, there was no maroon in, in uh black out there. Mm. So that was
2: good. Cool. That, yeah, that that actually that's an aspect to that too, because yeah, Jabori had 20 family members or
0: so probably
2: he had a couple of rows filled up Mm -hmm. and you know coming up to watch a guy who they know is not going to start he gets in gets hurt I mean you talk about a try not to swear here a really bad day Mm -hmm. uh again to have a teammate support you all of it and again heart goes out to Jabore man uh I tweeted at him I I hope he gets better soon wish the absolute best for him
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that just and even I mean, all of Jackrabbit Nation, kind of the reaction on Twitter was the exact same thing, like, oh, man, Jabore just can't catch a break. And, you know, I'll, I'll never forget, uh, like, being in TCF Bank Stadium, you know, in August of 2019 or whatever that was, and just the, the the scare that we put into the Gophers, and a lot of that was due to Jabore, you know, and uh, some of his playmaking and the throws that he made as a, as a redshirt freshman, so – You know, I hope we see him again on the field in in a jackrabbit uniform. Uh, You never know. Um, But man, like he he definitely gave us some good memories in in his first season. So, um, I mean, we'll see what happens going forward. So, the one, uh, you know, keep, keep, keep keeping going on raves. uh, We got to give a shout out to the 605 Hogs. Um, If you (laughs) just the, the domination from start to finish that that group had on the game even in the first quarter when, um, you know, the two turnovers or the turnover and, uh, uh, you know, we were moving the ball, but just weren't, weren't able to capitalize on it. We were, they were dominating. And I saw Garrett Greenfield, uh, this afternoon was named Missouri Valley offensive lineman of the week for, uh, the second time in three weeks. So that's pretty incredible. Um, uh, I believe no sacks, 396 yards rushing or 392 yards rushing just, mm-hmm. uh, Incredible.
0: So, what was it like being live there, uh, watching them work? They were nasty. You know, they were they were really nasty finishing blocks. You know, getting up to second level. Sometimes they were just just missing the second level defender early on in the game, but then they were cleaning it up late. So that was good to see. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and like I, I wrote. And just go ahead, Dallas. Sorry, I was
2: gonna say. So you know, the, the story of the game was obviously the run game, but uh, anytime. You know, anytime we were passing, it it looked like, you know, any of the three of us could have stood out there and tried to throw a pass. Yes. I mean, it, it was, yeah, it, <laughs> there's still a chance, Matt. You still got eligibility? You're good, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it. but man, yeah, they look absolutely dominant, uh, mean. And yeah, it's one of those things, I think you mentioned it last week, that you don't get a feel for that unless you're live. And it it showed for sure. Yeah. And, and I did
1: write about Aaron Johnson. I called him out. Um, just because we haven't talked about him at all at left tackle this year. And he's making that flip from right tackle to left tackle. You never know how that's going to go, but it's been a pretty seamless transition. I mean, he's, he looks like a natural out there at left tackle and with his athleticism and the way his body is holding weight, like he's someone that could get looks at the next level. I mean, he he really could as a very athletic left tackle. It's always just been kind of the power with him that, uh, you know, seems to get him, and and that even seems to be improving this year as he's bulked up. It looks like a little more just to the eye test. So uh, his story, you know, is super cool. He came into that class full of other offensive linemen, um, some more highly regarded, probably some on scholarship, and he was a walk on. And uh, you know, he's always had this huge frame, but I'm guessing he was 220 pounds soaking wet when he got to campus. Uh, and he's worked himself into again. Uh, so I think that's cool to see.
0: Yeah, you know, his, his ability to do that transition from right to left tackle shows his athleticism. It shows his ability to kind of process things because there is a little bit of an inverted feel, obviously. Um, so doing that and then us not talking a lot about him is probably a good thing, you know, when you're an offensive mm-hmm. lineman. So um, I, I have noticed it does he does look like he has a little bit more girth. He's a little thicker. Um, and, you know, once you just take reps like that, Um, And there's nothing really you haven't seen. You just go ahead and continue to um, to progress with the more reps that you get. So in in your cohesiveness in working with the other, you know, uh, the other counterparts across the line, making calls and getting up to second level and doing what you got to do is uh, is a lot more seamless. What do you think, Dallas? What do you think about Aaron?
2: You know, I, I didn't do a good job. I actually, as you guys are breaking this down, I'm feeling guilty for not watching individual linemen as much as I should have. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, again, it's somebody that you're right, does show, you can see the progression from when somebody shows up, puts in the work and gets to a point where, Hey, you're, you're not only a contributor, you've got it, you know, and you're making a difference. You're actually getting talked about, Hey, let's, you know, all conference. No, we lost Matt totally here. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, all, you know, all conference potential playing at the next level, you know, and and really just, just owning people. Uh,
0: And and while we're at it, let's, uh, let's just kind of move a little bit through some more things from a technical perspective that I would like to see clean, cleaned up. And I'm sure the guys would too. Um, And that's uh, as far as a rant, I'm gonna go ahead and and address ball security. Yep. Uh, Ball security would be the one thing that uh, you know, every week, week in and week out, we need to have an emphasis on, but uh, you know, this is kind of a, uh, a two headed monster here, right? Because uh, number 24, Matt, uh, on southern Illinois, his name escapes me, uh, was it uh, Braxton oh. Guyton, or uh, mm, I'm no. looking. He uh, he he punched the ball out a couple times, uh, he created <clears throat> a fumble, uh, Meacham fumbled on a nice little quick hitter about about an eight yard gain or so when we uh, on our would have been on our first drive when we got the touchdown called back uh and then he he kind of stripped mark on the on the one really nice drive of the second uh, our second offensive possession so um so yeah 20
2: sorry safety 24 uh qua 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 brown
0: qua brown yep Yeah, Quad Brown. Yeah, he did. uh, He did an excellent job punching the ball out, being physical. Kind of, he was that box safety. I think that's why it kind of looked as though he was an LB linebacker. But uh, yeah, you know, having having uh, giving the team other opportunities. You know, Stig talked about rebounding from that adversity. But yeah, if that would be another Mm -hmm. rant, it would be not giving teams opportunities uh additional opportunities with the ball when we're taking it down the field really at will and getting what we want Mm -hmm. to flexing our muscles uh specifically across the offensive front our tight ends did another great job matt blocking uh man really like i was super excited to see tucker and really get to be able to evaluate him as a player and see what his upside is going to be um he's a little labored still coach stig doesn't think he's 100 but coach stig rarely i mean there's obvious guys that he'll rave about But he raves about Tucker a lot. So I'm excited to see what what his ceiling is on his potential.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it was nice to have Tucker and Mike Morgan and Xavier Ward back this week. Uh, So we're just getting healthy. Uh, It sounds like Pierre, you know, will be all right. So um, the, yeah, the the Canyon-Bauer touchdown. We just got a question from Robert Drake. Uh, Missed the hold that took Canyon-Bauer's TD off the board. It just looked like the defensive player just slipped. I can see what the ref saw, but at the same time, I also agree with what you're saying, Robert. Um, it did look like the defensive lineman lost his footing. Uh, just, you know, uh, but just how it looked, it looked like McCormick yeah. may have tackled him, um, even though I don't think he did. I right. think the defensive player slipped, but I get the optics of having to throw the
0: flag there. That's a great point, Matt. It's the optics, but it's also the optics, not only the fall, that pocket. I mean, Mark had all day to. Mm-hmm throw on that play. I mean, it was even kind of a the timing of it, although it looked good, it was even a kind of a slow developing deep post. Um deep middle uh, baby back there deep if he didn't, didn't throw it. Deep middle, like you said. Yeah. I mean <laughs> he could have underhanded it. I'm, I'm not even trying to be <laughs> see, he could have he could have farved it and flicked it out there like that. There was so much time in the pocket. There really was. And sometimes, you know, Refs, regardless of what they see, they might have that internal perception like, mm-hmm. oh, there's no way it couldn't have been holding there because typically that would be holding, but um, just turned out that's a great question because it just kind of turned out that way, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Um, next up,
1: I suppose we better talk about the defense, right? Only giving up three points and it should have been zero points, it, it should have been zero,
0: yeah. So, I mean, and let's let's talk about why it should have been zero because that's another point of contention a fumble yeah yeah
1: exactly so so we saw um what will happen you know at times when you put a non-quarterback into the quarterback role they they sometimes force things you see this in NFL games a lot of times when teams run gadget plays and you know a wide receiver or running back ends up trying to pass the ball and throws it into triple coverage and it gets picked or they fumble or you know try to do too much with it and that was what happened with Javon Williams Jr. on that play Um, bad snap. He had the athleticism to go track the ball down, pick it up, but instead of just eating it, uh, or even chucking it out of bounds, he, (laughs) he tried to throw it as he was being spun to the turf. It looked like, and ball popped out referee thought his arm was moving forward, but if even if it was, it was a backward pass. I, I just don't know how they,
0: how they, uh, labeled it a, a forward incomplete pass. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Stig was being gracious uh, on his radio show to say that, you know, it's hard for referees uh, to make those calls in bang, bang situations, but even to review it and then to come back and, and still kind of concede the ball to Southern Illinois without it being intentional grounding. Cause if he was throwing it, who is he throwing it to? It really wasn't a, it really wasn't a tipped ball, a batter ball or anything. It was a backwards underhand flick of the ball. And while, Mark would have had all day to do that when Canyon was running his deep post, (laughs) Javon Williams did not have time to do that. So he was, I don't even, I I, I'm I'm kind of uh, uncertain if he was even outside the tackle box when he threw it either. So, I mean, that's kind of a gimme. And uh, you know, fortunately enough, the boys stood up, didn't allow uh, anything more than three out of that. And then didn't allow anything else the rest of the game.
2: That's Mm -hmm. amazing. Can, can we acknowledge the, the change in feelings from the first quarter to the rest of the game, because man, I, fifteen minutes in, I, I don't know, I was not <laughs> feeling good about that at all. It was at best case scenario, it was us versus, uh, eleven plus the zebras, and oh man, I, I don't know, I, I was not comfy, and then it just kind of all went the right way. I was,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm just glad that Dallas is father was there and his son because i was like i had to be on my best behavior not only for them but everyone else and and my girlfriend they've seen (laughs) seen worse they've seen worse for me it's okay (laughs) i'm sure but your dad was a ref so i was instead of like you know going at them and then also as we're walking into the stadium they're like if you do not exemplify sportsmanship you can cost your sideline 15 yards and we're gonna remove you from the game i'm like dang it (laughs) <laughs> if they call it out, if they call it out before I even have fun talking some smack, then he knows, really he knows you're talking. He
2: knows you're talking about him. By the way, you see it thing I mean? know. Call me right now.
0: <laughs> I uh, but no, he was a, he's a ref in uh, in what was the old SCC South Central Conference of uh, Southern Minnesota. Yeah. So so right. it, so you know he had familiarity. He was calling out things in real time that should have been called, which is really cool. We're gonna have to have him accompany accompany us uh, on all these games because. He's just a rule book of knowledge, but uh, but yeah, to to see that, um, I kind of forgot what we we're talking about. What are we talking about? Sorry, no, I just I brought up. Uh, so we we're talking
2: about how the some of the the calls, oh, um, uh, just yeah, to change
0: from the first quarter yeah, to the yeah. That's right. Yeah. So so on that call, uh, when they're you know when Mark fumbled and like we're we're trying to I'm trying I'm riding this roller coaster of emotions. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to get sunburned. I'm losing my voice. It's like, I, I had to go walk. I, I went for a walk and then, uh, we should, we should probably get into another rave. This is a nice little segue into a rave. Um, but Graham Spaulding and Isaiah Stalberg, uh, kind of caused some chaos there on, on kickoff. Uh, and, and then we're able to dislodge the ball and kind of get some, some good momentum going in the right direction.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Anytime you can get a kick returner uh, spinning like that is yeah. that has to be the worst feeling ever as a kick returner. I, I've <laughs> yeah. never been in that situation. But, uh, uh. man, to get hooked like that and spun and know that you're going to get whacked, oh
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> man, kick, kick return in general is such a – I mean, I'm glad, you know, while I'm not – I'm glad they didn't outlaw the, the wedge when I played because that helped me get some plays <laughs> early <laughs> early on in my college career playing special teams. But uh but it's it's a it's a different animal doing that when you got guys running 40 yards of full full head of steam. You just gotta kind of brace yourself and deliver a shot. So uh it, it's it's good that we got guys who are delivering the shots though, because Graham, mm-hmm. Isaiah, uh, uh, Peyton, Schaefer mm-hmm. coming down like a, a bat out of uh, bat out of hell, my dad would say, uh, was excellent. Yeah, the uh, and the thing
1: too, like this wasn't Strong's first time doing that, the, the SIU uh, yeah. kick returner running back that fumbled. Uh, he did it the week before, and, you know, he, he brought it out of the end zone a couple times and didn't even make it back to the 20. So uh, they've given him the green light apparently to do that. But, man, uh, I think we saw the, the downside of that this week versus just taking it at the 25. So because that really Nick Hill talked about that today in his press conference. I watched his press conference and he talked about those middle eight minutes of the game when we scored 17 points right before halftime. And he talked about the fumble. He talked about the interception. um, And that, and that fumble was really key to it because it allowed their defense that forced their defense to stay on the field and us to, put up another touchdown pretty easily. SIU came back uh, and then we know what happened. Labanowitz uh, made that nice run and then threw an interception two plays later to Don or to uh, Logan, Logan. right? At that one. Yeah. 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 So, yeah.
0: So, I mean, that was a huge, (laughs) huge, huge turn. Bingo. And, And when you go back and you look at time of possession, the way it was starting to shape up, like Dallas mentioned with the first eight minutes of the game, they bled, man. They really bled that the re- the remaining time of that first quarter, and then you know we get we get lucky and we get fortunate just to only um, come away with allowing three points, and then we take the ball on an eighteen play nine plus minute drive in the second quarter and really uh, establish offensive dominance. Mm-hmm.
2: It is just to show how wrong I usually am uh, in analysis of a football game. When okay, so they ate up what felt like the entire first quarter, yeah, and then we turn around and we ate up what felt like the entire second quarter. There's just a few minutes left at that point, and I turned. I don't know if it was you or my dad or who I was talking to, but I said, Man, this is one of those games we can't make another mistake. At that point, it was clearly going to be like a 17 14 kind of a game that was going to be done in in an hour and and Kyle would be off watching Bridgerton or whatever he needs (laughs) to do after the game is done catching (laughs) up. Uh, But yeah, I've never seen something flip like that. That was nuts. Well, and I was worried, you know, right before
1: Strong's fumble on the kick return, I was worried that SIU was going to double up. They were going to get that point, that touchdown or or points before halftime and then get the kickoff to start. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then as it turned out right in the start of the second half, Lyles threw that pick to Don, receiver fell down. And guys they did exactly what i said we should do they put don on lenore and shut him out he only had one catch for i think 5 yep. yards on the day so i was yes happy to see that and cox <laughs> had uh seven receptions for 60 some yards so not a huge day for him either we'll take that
0: and they had i mean they were they were loaded with offensive talent i mean javon williams mm-hmm. you know logan logan is a Logan is a tall, has a great frame. He you know, he's he's fairly well-built linebacker, right? You know, Javon Williams goes about 6'2" 245 and on one play he got the better of Backus and uh it was a it was a grown man collision. Backus brought the wood too, but sometimes it just doesn't work out in your favor. And then you, you mentioned Lenore. Um, you know, that's a relative of Lance Lenore who tore it up at Western Illinois. Um okay. And for, you know, for those of you who don't know, Lance Lenore, is he, he had a heck of a Missouri Valley career, like rewrote the record books for WIU. Um, so, you know, they had plenty of talent. Even Stone, to his credit, was able to extend plays. He had a couple nice mm-hmm. runs. I think the biggest thing that you see in terms of quarterback play, incidentally, that the times Mark has turned the ball over, it's just a, a, it's kind of a coincidental. I'll be honest. Like he was trying to ex- get more uh, on the, on the one play when he fumbled in this game. Uh, when he fumbled against UNI, it was just a hell of a play by Brinkman. You know, his before-the-half mm-hmm. pick that he threw against uh, UNI, really his one really bad uh, pick this year was against Youngstown, right? So mm-hmm. he's done an, a, a, a good job, all things considered, to be able to uh, kind of just, you know, do duty he, do what he needs, needs to do in ball security. Now he can just take that next step because um, you look at a guy like Lebanowitz and you look at Coray Lyle's, you know, kind of just going out there and just chucking it up. Uh, yeah. Great
1: point by Darren here. Uh, Kyle, you sent me the, the clip of this of Griff just oh. erasing Cox on that one <laughs> catch that he had.
2: Oof. That, that was e- echoed. It echoed. I yeah. mean,
0: I, Dallas and I kind of looked like, Oh man, are they going to throw targeting? And then when you see it from that angle that from the press box angle, Oh my, he snatched his soul. Yeah. He his, his toe left his body like in the old Mortal Kombat games, man. I'm, I'm serious. I I haven't seen a I haven't seen a hit that hard from a safety. I, did I Can you guys recall a time when a Jacks player lit a dude up that bad? I mean, he was and not legally like that. Not no, legally. I mean, no. no, that was an, that was just a
1: perfect textbook legal. That's how that's how they want you to do it probably now. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: He got his head to the side and he absolutely <laughs> laid the wood and he was doing that the whole game. I wa- I got a little bit of a rewatching, just kind of see what, if my experience, you know, live was different from what, what they put on film, but it was, it was pretty cool to see, you know, Stig raved about Isaiah on, uh, on special teams, but he also uh, physically throughout the course of the year has been a big hitter for us as well. And I think that just sets the tone, man. Mm-hmm. He did a better job of wrapping up this week. I was critical of him against Youngstown. Um looking
1: like he had come in a little bit reckless at times. Um, and and he did a better job this week, I thought. Um, and then two other players I want to talk about on defense, just single them out. Adam Bach yes. just continues to get better week by week. Yep. he's 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 really growing, and then Manchagaya, the Barracuda. Uh, you know, just three intercept three games with an, in a row with an interception. Uh, he really looks comfortable back there. Uh, right now using those uh, you know his, his former cut corner skills uh, are, are translating really well at safety and he's just really just seems like he's really having a
0: good season so love to see it yeah and I'd like to know if we can maybe look this up even but I believe I read in a publication on Twitter that we now have the the most picks in the nation this year uh, in the spring season so I mean Really doing a great job of being in the proper position, uh, doing what we can to force those turnovers through the air, and really make teams one-dimensional and kind of play to our advantage, which is, in my opinion, run stopping the run. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Tolu Agrunde obviously is our is our sack guy, and what was really cool about seeing that is Dallas is calling out. And he goes NASCAR, NASCAR, and mm-hmm. we, we couldn't find Tolu, but you know he was in that stand-up rush position. And right as he called him out, he just bullied the offensive lineman and got the sack. And it was just so cool to see, because like all your all your homework plus Dallas catching it was is really cool to see the coaches throwing mm-hmm. throwing throw more wrinkles, right? Because one of the things is, is like not only do players need to make in, incremental improvements, the coaching staff clearly has made incremental improvements with their installs, with, mm-hmm. with identifying what we do really well and who's exceptional on our roster at different things and. Mm-hmm. It's, Avoiding the other team's vulnerabilities. So if we can continue to do that and take advantage of, you know, opportunistic situations like Lebanowitz just kind of carelessly throwing it up and Kare throwing it up at uh, first drive of the second half. That's, that's going to really be key.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, the different formations and different packages that I don't recall an SDSU defense um, having this many different packages that they run out when, you know, we've seen them play a 3-4 this year. Um, we've seen them uh, bring in an extra safety. We've seen them bring in a third cornerback. Uh, this NASCAR package that they put in on on pass rushing downs. Um, to me, like that's that's really cool. I'm glad the coaches are recognizing, uh, like you said, the, the the talented personnel that they have that bring different things to the table, and they're utilizing those gifts. So uh, that's cool. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. And the last time we, we actually really did stuff like that, what in my I'm not saying Coach Brown didn't do it, the former D coordinator, but uh, would be like Coach Sarvis and Coach Bubak way back when mm-hmm. we would bring we would take Isaiah Jackson and put him in. A, he was a, he was a pure linebacker, but we would put him in pass rush situations because he's just so quick. He created, you know, an advantage for us as far as being able to get off the ball. So I love seeing that. It's more for an offense to have to go through film and prepare for. And when you can get an offense thinking, uh, it slows them down. So I think, you know, excellent job by the the co-coordinators there.
1: Mm -hmm. Hey, should we hand out some game balls? Let's do it. All right. Uh, So we talked and uh, I I think the, the obvious one on offense is just the 605 Hogs. Uh, we, we started talking with, by talking about them and I think that's where we have to give, give the game ball an offense, uh, just the, the domination against a pretty good front seven for SIU that, that, that I believe has three excellent players, um, and Anthony Knight and Bryson strong and, uh, Bry, Bryce, Notre. I mean, those two backers strong and Notre, are, are, no joke, um, uh, and and Knighton's gonna set the SIU sack record before he's done. He's only two sacks away, I think the broadcast said. And I don't them re- recall them calling his name once. So uh good job with the 605 Hogs.
0: Yeah, really nothing more to add to that, man. Um 605 Hogs, and then I I, I do want to highlight uh, Isaiah because Isaiah won the Missouri Valley uh newcomer award mm-hmm. this week. Um but I think we're all a fan of his running style, right? I think he really complements the offensive line of the Jacks really well because whatever the pace seems to be of him getting to the line of scrimmage, um, it just is very suitable, right? One cut upfield. He has shown an ability to burst. and, And I think the physicality is a good contrast with Pierre because Pierre, he's like, he's so quick, right? He's like a lightning bug out there with his ability to just uh, make jump cuts as we've talked about and raved about before, but Isaiah, it, it just overwhelms a defense a, a lot of times when you hit him with such pace, uh, such mm-hmm. a change of pace and then physicality. And then, you know, you sprinkle in a little Meacham and he has a burst. That's very different in terms of his ability to accelerate. And a lot of times he's, he's coming, uh, on that jet motion. So that's, that's exciting too. um, mm-hmm. really capitalizing again on what the 605 hogs are able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know, you don't even talk about
1: our third leading rusher on our team, Mark Gronowski, you know, sending them through the hole on these uh power quarterback keeps and stuff. Uh yeah, that's it's
0: such a Ooh. different offense right now. So yeah. excellent. I'm glad you brought that up because there's there's another uh rave I'm sure you had as well. Dallas and I had it real time. The creativity on that short yardage, fourth and one that Eck showed to have in an, eck if anybody who watches three four defenses there's multiple bubbles and what that means is it's the space along the off offensive and defensive lines that you want to exploit and he did a good job of shifting the offensive line the way he was pulling guys on those quarterback powers because there were times Dallas and I were like QB power QB power is coming um and they just couldn't do anything to stop it um and then again on that fourth and one the creativity to Showgun, show gun, get under center and then flip it back out. Like a quick toss was just, it was awesome. And then Heinz got a great block on that play too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That was, I'm just imagining as a defender, all of that sequence of events happens in a row. Like, I mean, you never give up as a player, but there's sometimes where you just want to throw your hands up and go, I don't even know. I, <laughs> I, I mean, that was so much in sequence. It was brilliant. I loved it. Exactly.
1: Defense on the blog for defensive game ball. I give it to the entire unit. I mean, yeah. really, they pitched a shutout. Um, and and that's pretty damn impressive against that team with the amount of offensive talent they have.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of times when you have to go, okay, well, I could give it to this guy or maybe <laughs> how about how about that guy? Or maybe the next guy who did such and such. That's an unbelievable problem to have, right? Because then we're all, we're all benefiting from a wealth of riches in terms of performances. And uh, you know, let's do, let's have some more of that. Let's have some more of that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then special teams. Uh, I went with Spalding just for that force fumble. I think it really changed the, the tide of the game. I, it, you know, officially in the stat book, it was uh, written down for Spalding with the force fumble could, could have been Stalbert. Uh, you know, both of them had a huge impact on that play. Um, And that, in my opinion, I talked about this, that changed the course of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. So should we move on and and talk about Illinois State? Let's get it. (laughs) All right. So uh, I started my film watch yesterday of Illinois State and was through (laughs) uh, the first half and, uh, and then took a break. My wife told me I had to go outside and play the kids and the dog for a while. And luckily she did or else I would have wasted a, even more of my life, uh, watching that game. Um, so it came out late yet last night, probably right around this time, maybe a little bit sooner. Uh, that, I, that Illinois state was opting out of the rest of the spring season. Um, I wrote an article about it for the blog this morning, uh, to cap, to get my full thoughts. I'd encourage you to read that. Um, it's on Twitter, but, but really, um, I'm, I'm in the middle. That's how I am on a lot of things. I, I really see why Spack made that decision, but as a fan of the Jackrabbits, I am also really disappointed. Um, and, and I get the whole, you know, going back on his word kind of after he called out Missouri state, I understand that. Uh, but I also understand where he's coming from, from, from a player's
0: perspective. What are you guys thinking? I think that, there's a couple of things at play here. I definitely agree like with, with your take. I, I thought your take was balanced, fair. It, it gave credence to all angles uh, of, of of thought process. I would just say uh, as far as guys committing at the beginning of the year, everyone knowing the sacrifices that are going to need, need to be made due to COVID, the fact that it merely benefits South Dakota state at this juncture is, is kind of just ironic, right? It's luck mm-hmm. by happenstance. And what if, you know, the ball bounces a little bit differently and we were really banking on that, that game for an added resume booster for the playoffs. I mean, that's, that's a tough situation to be in, especially when the conference decides to, to do a no contest approach as opposed to a forfeiture approach, which you know, some may speculate that that's because they don't want to create a situation where they're, they're boosting resumes for potential wins to get in, um, even though it would benefit everyone else uh, the remainder of the way, and it really would only impact a team that's already not going to make the playoffs, which would be Western Illinois. And there's a lot of ways to look at it. I think the way you look at it is, of course, that, but also, you know, if, if South Dakota State were in that position, I don't want us to cut off our nose to spite our face right you have Mm to if you're a coach you're essentially an extension of these kids parents fathers brothers uncles whatever you want to call them and you have to do what's best for them and honestly i don't care if i'm a coach what anyone else thinks Uh, Mm -hmm. i'm going to do what's best for my program um they're not giving gold stars out to stickers out for folks at the end of the year because you know they they played by you know, rules that don't even, that are unwritten. Right. So that's my take knowing Spack and having broken bread with him as a person. He's a highly, highly, uh, he, he's a man of high integrity. So mm-hmm. I think that in terms of just assessing it from a, from a global perspective, I understand why he did it. It's a bummer. The guys don't get a home game. Um, but I wouldn't put him in the same box as maybe some of the other coaches that might be out there may have questions about their character. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll say about that.
2: Yeah, I'm not even thinking about it that deep. I'm just bummed because I wanted to go watch a football game. There you go. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah. That's really about it. I, yeah, you can easily uh, make the case that it benefits us for sure. Uh, you know, it takes us out of it. Mean, we, we were texting back and forth about it being a trap game mm-hmm. by the end of the third quarter coming yeah. up. I mean, that was <laughs> I, attention that totally shifted. Uh, players can't look ahead. We can't. Yeah,
1: I, uh, so, I think the team that it hurts the most is SIU. To be honest, yeah, uh, because uh, you know we UND's struggles on the road have been well documented. They're not a good road team, uh, and so that saves them a, a trip. Uh, for us, it gives us a week to kind of freshen up, and for SIU to lose that game though, that's that's a game they'd likely win. That that they have
0: two losses on their resume already. So you yeah. know, I yeah. That's an excellent point, Matt. And that's another one uh, I forgot to bring up: is the fact that when you play Illinois State, regardless of the outcome, it is a physical game. Man, mm-hmm. they're a four-three. They're big in the box in terms of their offensive and defensive lines. Even if they're decimated on offense and defensive line, they make you earn it, right? So I'm glad we don't have to essentially, you know, go through the ringer with them again. You know, the way the game turned out last year, uh, I should say, 2019 would have been excellent to give them a, to give him a beat down, but you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. ball doesn't bounce your way every time. So, um, yeah. let's use it. I think it's an unbelievable opportunity for two weeks of preparation, one less week of game film to put out for our opponent. And we obviously got a big showdown up North.
2: And, and, and the, uh, the furry cows up North, they have a the definition of a trap game coming up this week too, which makes me real happy.
1: Yeah. So John Green, uh, so it sounds like the Valley is going to go by win percentage like the summit did uh, his question for those on the podcast that can't see this. Uh, John Green asked, do we know how the Valley will handle the unbalanced wins slash games now? Are they going by percentage like the summit did? And I believe, yes, that's what I read today. So good question. Thanks, that is, John.
2: That is the most intelligent question. I think we're going to get
1: John's John's super smart. Uh was <laughs> good. Yeah, he was going to write for for me for basketball at one time for the
0: blog a couple of years ah, ago. Nice. Yeah. That so That was a great question because I didn't even know that, and I always like getting getting educated on how, how they break this stuff down for bracketology. I even reached out to Sam Herter. It's like, is there a minimum number of games? And I think there was four. Four yep. was the minimum number of games you needed to achieve to be uh, in contention for the conversation.
2: I yeah. That was one of my first thoughts this morning when I woke up and remembered this was – I now understand why everybody is bent out of shape at Ohio State. Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. The one thing I will say about Illinois State that I'm a little disappointed about, and um, and I'm sure the 605 Hogs in the interior of the the Jackrabbit offensive line won't mind this, but I am gonna miss seeing John Ridgway play. He's one of my favorite uh, non-Jackrabbits in the conference. He's yeah. this huge defensive tackle nose guard. Um, you know he he has a motor like Brinkman, except he's six five, six six, something like that, uh, two ninety ish. Just a huge man out there making plays. Uh, again, one of my favorite non Jackrabbits to watch. Um, I found myself even in in the one half that I watched uh, yesterday, just really watching him and how he works on the interior.
0: Just a fun player to see. So, yeah, there's there's great defensive line play in the valley. I It's it's got to be one of the biggest reasons that, that we're able to make playoff runs like we are, and teams like James Madison as well. They have very stout offensive and defensive lines that really gets the work done in the trenches. So that's a good point, mm-hmm. man. They had they've had a lot of you know NFL talent too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, playing, playing in the league still, so it's, it's nice to be able to avoid that to some degree.
1: Ah, another question from Darren here. Darren asks, "Do you think USD has a chance to at least
2: challenge the team up north?" What do you think Dallas? no <laughs> I was trying to back out of that one uh, I mean on the right week yeah, absolutely uh, and I think that's probably a team in a spot where you know they're backed into a quarter for mm-hmm. sure and and you know there there's whether it's the obviously we're not in the locker room but but you get a couple of guys that that obviously feel Feel challenged as athletes and and want to make it make a statement. Uh, this would be a heck of a week to do it for them.
1: And and I haven't watched USD super closely this year, just bits and pieces here and there. But Carson Camp, their freshman quarterback, does look like a good player, and they still do have plenty of skill at receiver and at tight end. Uh, defensively, though, I, I think they're really going to struggle to stop the Bison run game. Uh, the Bison it appears have switched. To a power run game uh, with the return of Hunter Loopke, their fullback, um, and I and USD is just having a really hard time stopping the run against average Valley run offenses. I don't see it getting any better this week unless they drastically change something
0: midweek here. Yeah, and it's not a knock uh, on USD. I just think that North Dakota State has built their dynasty through the trenches. And you got to call a spade a spade. I just don't think they're close to that caliber in the trenches yet. And maybe they will be because obviously Coach Nielsen uh, definitely has a historical reputation of building programs that can compete. Um, but that power game, man, that power run game, especially with Lube key, they're going to get three, four, five yards in a cloud of dust, hit you with play action, maybe do a quarterback designed run with the freshman. Don't know how much about Zeb's legs they'll, they'll try to lean on. But um, I think I do think that USD has to, to Dallas's point and to Matt's point, they do have some nice skill players, so <laughs> you, you can never sleep on skill players because if you put the right game plan together, you yeah. can you can play to your skills more so than you can play to the other team's uh skills. So obviously, that, that could work in their favor, you never know. And uh, I may be rooting for them, uh, but but dying <laughs> as I do,
2: what <laughs> was well, it? Wasn't it open a Chasm opens up under the stadium and just swallows the whole thing. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I mean, that, that's, again, that's, that's the whole trap game. Part of it is they play 10 times the bison and, and Matt, you mispronounced it. There's no Z. It's Sorry. Bison. Sorry, yeah, my bad. The bison. Um, I mean, they're going to win nine out of 10. There's no question about that. It's, it's, it's not even close, but you know, hopefully um, on the, on the, on the B team podcast, uh, Hank, Hank, who was on made a real good point that the team you know the team from Fargo they played 7 years of mistake free football basically is what mm-hmm. has just happened here so they're obviously still disciplined and well coached but are they in a spot now where they're going to overlook what they're doing getting ready for us sure hope so
1: yeah that would be all right I'd be all right with that that's, I think that's what I wrote in the Illinois State uh, recap thing that I wrote as well that you know
0: no matter what I just hope usd makes them play for four quarters you know that'd be the best and there's yeah. there's some, there's some other things that that's an excellent question because it leads to so many others right there's with us having this opportunity to prepare for that you give Eck a lot of time to prepare you give coach rogers and you give coach Berge a lot of time to prepare these guys maybe get Motzko back i haven't I haven't looked at the injury pro uh, you know outlook but you know, that's that's a handful because Coach Eck is. Look what happened in you and I. We looked like we were hitting stride really pretty much every offensive series, with the exception of, you know, dealing with Brinkman, who's a load, and uh, 91, I forget his name off the top of my head, Cox, maybe can't remember. But, uh, you know, with the exception of all of that, you give Eck the ability to whip up, you know, some uh, creative formations and much like the fourth and one play against SIU and look out because, you know, North Dakota State has a lot of youth too, and they, they got some, mm-hmm. some things there. they're they're going to have to mature, just like the Jacks are going to have to mature. So I think that that makes it really exciting, and it really makes it March Madness uh, on the football field. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I mean, with an offense like USD's as well, like they've been moving the ball up and down the field. They've had a right. bit of uh, a bit of bad luck at, at times, you know, in the red zone and things like that. And so, who knows? Is, is this is why you play the game. It's right down it's down in Vermilion, I believe. And so I don't know. We'll we'll see what what's what happens there. So I'm just hoping for a, a full four quarters that NDSU
0: has to play. <laughs> exactly. And you know, Easton Stick when he played against us in was it 18, didn't play a mistake free game. And um so you know that was one of those that was one of those things where the ball bounced our way. You never know. And it happened uh against Carson Wentz and them back when, uh, John, why well, can't I think of his last name right now? Uh, he was the head coach. He coached at Montana. He was the USD. Oh coach. yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yep. I forgot jo- oh, Joe Glenn, Joe, Joe Glenn. Glenn, Joe Glenn. Yep. yep. He was a longtime Montana, uh, head coach, but yeah, it was really, uh, in that defensive alignment for you for and I was Bronte Wells. He, he gave, uh, he gave us some trouble, uh, but we did we did good with that. So yeah, give Eck some time to prepare. Give uh, the Bison a handful with the offensive skill that USD has, and you never know how it can turn out.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I'm uh, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful these last two games for the Jacks uh, go on as as planned. I'm not pessimistic like some folks who who think that you and I and USD are going to shut down now that ISU or Illinois State has. Um, you know, without penalty, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, knowing, knowing those two coaches, Farley, <laughs> Farley loves football. Why would Farley shut down uh, early? And uh, you know, USD, like they're, they've, as as I said, I think in a reply to someone, um, on the recruiting trail, they're already chirping that they've passed SDSU. They've passed SDSU, and and they're right on the heels of NDSU. Now's their chance, uh, you know, these next couple weeks for them to play NDSU and
0: to play SDSU, uh, the week after. So yeah. one of the, <laughs> one of the things about that though, Matt, is I, I heard, I, I can't remember if it was a college coach or who I heard it from is, it may may have been Lou Holtz. You never leave great recruiting classes for the next head coach, right? You mm-hmm. got to get it done on the field, man. So, mm-hmm. um, Hopefully they can get it done against North Dakota state. And, but regardless at the end of that, that's an excellent question. Cause it gets the ball rolling. We're all thinking about possibilities at the end of the day. If the Jacks just played Jackrabbit football, none of it matters. And that's why I don't get up in arms about the cancellations or whatever, because everything's still in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you, one of the thing, the, probably the biggest reason that I was interest interested in a forfeiture as opposed to cancellation, because it doesn't disincentivize anyone to cancel. Other than what mm-hmm. other fan bases think about you, which we've already talked about that. But so hopefully it doesn't happen. But again, the Jacks have everything in front of them. Yeah.
1: We go two and oh, we'll be a top two seed. Yeah. If we split, we're, we'll still make playoffs, I think. If we split, we don't want to do that. Um, and if we go 0 and two, we don't make the playoffs. We don't deserve to make the playoffs if we go 0 and two. So,
2: <laughs> right. The end. Dallas, we can't hear you, man. What are you saying?
0: I wasn't. Am I good? Oh, there we go. Now you're back. Thank you. Bizarre. American, I wasn't muted. You're tapping into the American Sign Language uh, crowd. <laughs> I we, have that, we have that broad of a, of a reach right now. We're getting them. We from do. All we over. Do.
2: Uh, No, I was just going to mention that you brought up the, you know, bringing up those other teams and, and kind of the seedings and things. Anybody that hasn't checked it out yet, uh, I would advise that you hop on Twitter. Check out Sam Herder, and he's he goes through and he's laid out the playoff picture every week, and it's a little bit more of a B team thing. But they, you know, they talk about rankings, and I mean, Sam gets it. He has the most well thought out, well explained takes every single week, and I'm saying this about a Fargo guy. Uh, I mean, he does a really, <laughs> really good job, and so he he's got that laid out. He actually has SDSU as the top seed right now going in. I don't know about that, but it I'm glad he you did a good that job. Up.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. I love the Jackrabbits. I, I, I obviously will travel to see him. I'll spend my money on it. We're not the number one team in the nation right now. Um, we can be if we play mistake free football, Sam Sam looks upon us fondly, I think because we we do have the components in place to be really complete. But the big dog is the big dog until you become the dog. And right now we're a maturing puppy. We got a lot of youth. We got some good pieces who are upperclassmen, but let's prove it before we start feeling ourselves. Cause we, we saw what happened this past week when a team starts feeling themselves a little bit too much and doesn't mm-hmm. take care of business, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent
1: agree. Um, so with that in, in the Argus uh, article that Zimmer put out today, uh, Stig was quoted in saying that he spoke to Shannon Moore, your old position coach, Kyle, and and he plans just to take a few days off here. Um, give the team just a bit of a rest before diving into the NDSU stuff. I'm sure the coaches will be going hard at it, like you said. Talked about Eck diving in, coming up with some new schemes. Um, but it'll be nice for the players just to be able to step away for a bit. Uh, hopefully they keep their guard up against COVID. We don't need any positive tests. Um, you know. So I, thought, I just thought that was an interesting take that he reached out to Shannon to
0: figure out how Wyoming uh, handled it this year when they had gaps in their schedule. Yeah, you know, coaches again, it goes back to not only players doing everything they can to find an edge for motivation, but coaches as well, right? Cuz you want to try to brace for something you've not experienced. Coach Moore had a, apparently two games back-to-back last year canceled or po- postponed due to COVID, so he reached out to him and they said they they gave their guys an opportunity to step away kind of from the noise and the in the mayhem of, of the whole situation and I think that hopefully with the maturity that we've shown in terms of making the sacrifice to not have any positive tests and to not Mm -hmm. be selfish and put me before me before we i think that'll be good you know because decompress get away make sure you take care of your body get into treatment do what you got to do um but we live in an era where there's you know infinite content for podcasts books class you know obviously prioritize all that stuff anyway and you're good to go
2: yeah, yeah, and I forget which which show we mentioned this on, but you know, going into this season, Stig said that the players have a self-imposed penalty mm-hmm. if anybody is caught at a bar or at a party. So that's mm-hmm. not what the coaching are, staff. Uh, if you
0: if you get caught downtown, you're out for a week, says the I, players. Oh, it's out for a week. I wondered if it was the death mm-hmm. penalty. I'd be like, oh <laughs> Nope. Not, not, the one not the little not the little be harsh oh, hey i've been watching too much hbo max i think i'm <laughs> starting to rub off too many mob <laughs> stories yeah yeah
1: hey fellas this has been really fun i'm glad you guys got to see each other uh dallas maybe i'll see you at the usd game we'll see uh yep. kyle
0: we'll see next i may time make I see an, him i may make an impromptu trip if i can swing it i may yeah, put some it? more miles on the cool. on the floor
2: And I will, uh, I'll I'll be, I will be talking next week, I'm sure. But I'll be at, uh, I'll be up in Fargo. I got tickets up there too. So
1: there we go. Hey, and uh, you know, as we wrap up here, just want to encourage everyone to like and subscribe to the podcast. Tune in. Typically we'll be on on Sunday nights um, at eight o'clock Monday night here tonight. Uh, Give us a follow on social media, share our content, message us, um, you know, reply if you disagree with us we love to to have some interaction and banter back and forth. And uh, thank you everyone for for listening, for following, all of that good stuff. So go big, go blue,
0: go 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 Jacks. This has been the Splitting Hairs Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe
2: as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter.
0: The big dog is the big dog until you become the dog. And right now... We're a maturing puppy. We got a lot of youth. We got some good pieces for upperclassmen, but let's prove it before we start feeling ourselves. Because we, we saw what happened this past week when the team starts feeling themselves a little bit too much.
1: Matt, you're a little too positive, a little too pie in the sky. Take off the blue and yellow glasses, all that stuff.